can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thursday. That's right. We're closing in on the end of the week, and that means that we will be talking about CPO stuff today on CPO Thursdays. Speaking of CPO classes, I got a couple of good ones coming up. This weekend, I'll be in Bradenton. We are going to be at an IPSA-sponsored CPO class, followed by one the very, very beginning of next week in Cape Coral. That one's at the Cape Coral Yacht Club. Always a great class there. Lots of cool things to see. So it's not too late for either of those. If you want to sign up for either class, the class I have in Bradenton this weekend or Tuesday and Wednesday in Cape Coral, go visit my website, cpoclass.com. Click on the CPO class schedule tab. You'll find the list of all of my scheduled classes there, along with the registration for each. If you just want to get a little bit of practice to either brush up on your skills, or if you're preparing to take a class, I also have the practice test page. And on that practice test page, I have flashcards and some other exercises you can go through to help hone your CPO skills. So take a look at those. We are still giving away those vouchers for natural chemistry products. That's $40 worth of natural chemistry products to anyone that signs up for and attends one of my CPO certification classes. That's $40 worth of product redeemable at your local distribution center. You can't top that right there. Right now, I'm going to grab a cup of coffee, and in a minute, I'll be right back, and we'll be talking CPO on the Talking Pools podcast, CPO Thursdays.
it's funny because it doesn't really matter how many coffee cups you have. You have a favorite. You could have 10. You could have 20 cups. Ultimately, one of those cups is always going to be your favorite. That's going to be the one that you always reach for. And for the past couple of years, this one I picked up. It's a Valentine's Day mug. You can't see it, but I would show it to you if you could. It's a lens toward my other love aside from swimming pools which is horror movies i bought it for myself but it's a picture of leatherface he has a heart around him and then beneath it it says i love your face and if you've seen the texas chainsaw massacres you'd understand which makes it such a wonderful mug but yeah that's been one of my favorites as of late anyway cpo thursday today Last time we got together, we were talking about regulations and guidelines, the folks that make the rules, the folks that make the suggestions or best practices is really what they are. You don't have to follow them, but they were put together by a bunch of really smart folks. So you should follow them because there's a lot of great technique and they're really well thought out. So it helps you to not have to reinvent the wheel in doing what you do out there in the field. We ended mentioning that I was going to be speaking about the DOT, the DOT regulations pertaining to swimming pool service vehicles, or actually anybody in the swimming pool industry who hauls any amount of swimming pool chemical. And there are some weight restrictions there that may surprise you. I went into this in last Friday's Talking Pools podcast episode fairly in depth, even though that wasn't all inclusive either. But to give you the Cliff Notes version, because I do think it's important when looking at those DOT regulations, you're only allowed to carry so much weight on a pool truck before you could put yourself in a position where you could be fined. And the fines are not inexpensive. They range anywhere from $7,000 to $10,000. What you're permitted to have is 440 pounds of chlorine and acid products. That's 440 pounds of chlorine and acid product before you're required to have hazmat shipping papers. I'm not talking about the SDS sheets. You have to have those anyway. These are specifically hazmat shipping papers where you would need a CDL with a hazmat tag. And then you can carry up to a thousand pounds before you put yourself in a position where you would need to have placards on that vehicle. Keep in mind that no bucket of product, no bucket of dry chemical on your truck can weigh more than 66 pounds. And every bucket on the truck, the weight that that bucket originally held is how much weight it counts as. Meaning if you have a 100-pound drum of calcium hypochlorite on your truck, well, first off, the only thing that can be in that bucket is CalHypo. You can't put other chemicals in different buckets. That's a big no-no. But that bucket will always count as 100 pounds no matter how much CalHypo is in that bucket. Even if there's only six pounds in that bucket, it counts as 100 pounds of CalHypo. And again, like I mentioned, you can't have a bucket that weighs more than 66 pounds, which means your maximum bucket size of anything that you can have on the truck is 50 pounds. That way we don't exceed the 66 pounds. But it doesn't take very long for us to get to that 440 pounds. We did some examples with sodium hypochlorite. And at 9.75 pounds per gallon, we figured out that those two and a half gallon carboys, the jerry jugs that we carry, weighs 24.375 pounds. So then multiply that by, let's say, 14 two and a half gallon carboys. That's 346 pounds right there. If we wanted to also carry then two cases of acid, a gallon of acid weighs 10 pounds. There's four gallons in a case, so eight 
eight gallons, another 80 pounds. So if we add 80 pounds to that, that puts us at 426.22 pounds of chlorine acid product just in those 14 two and a half gallon carboys and those two cases of acid, which leaves us, what, another 14 pounds of of chlorine or acid product that we could carry, these things start to add up really quick. So if you start to consider that your sodium bromide products fit into that same category, that container of yellow tree is going to add another two pounds. Any other product, that's going to be the max that you're looking at. If you're talking about carrying trichlor tabs and calcium hypochlorite on your truck, so then you're looking at, what, 300 pounds of cal hypos, three or six, we have to go with the six 50-pound buckets because we know we can't do the three 300-pound buckets now. But then that only leaves you another 140 pounds for chlorine tablets, which right now is fine because nobody can find 140 pounds of chlorine tablets. But when things once again go back to normal and trichlor is no longer on the verge of extinction, if you have a nice size route, you're looking at making multiple trips back and forth to your shop to pick up product or back and forth to the distributor to pick up product where you may not have had to in the past. We go into these DOT regulations a lot deeper in the episode we did last Friday, we called it as the DOT targeting pool service vehicles. Last Friday with myself and Andrea on the Talking Pools podcast, that's our Friday show. The Chlorine Institute is another fantastic resource for chlorine safety. There's a lot of information you can get as well. This organization promotes the constant evaluation of improvements to the safety and protection of human health and the environment. It applies to the production, distribution, and use of chlorine, sodium, and potassium hydroxides, as well as sodium hypochlorite, that's liquid chlorine. Take a look at some of the publications that the Chlorine Institute has put out, because a lot of these can be very helpful for you. A couple that come to mind are their pamphlet on chlorine basics. They have one on first aid, medical management. And then there's an entire pamphlet devoted to sodium hypochlorite. But at a minimum, grab those, take a look at those. They'll be very helpful for you. NSF International, that is a testing facility. It's voluntary. They test products to NSF ANSI Standard 50 or or NSF ANSI Standard 60, which applies to drinking water. A lot of those drinking water standards do apply to us. I know... For example, the state of Florida wants all chemicals to be certified to NSF 60, and those are the drinking water standards. I do believe they will still allow folks to use chemicals that are certified to NSF 50 at this time, but this is a voluntary testing for products. You don't have to send your stuff. However, a lot of the public health department codes and building codes do require that the equipment or chemicals used in public pools do meet these standards. And again, that's either certified to NSF 50 or NSF 60. Generally, NSF 50 is for your equipment. Anything that holds, carries, or chemically treats pool water must have an NSF 50 rating. 
And again, chemicals must have an NSF 60 rating. Although, like I said a moment ago, some states will still allow chemicals that only have the NSF 50 rating, but I do believe that's temporary and they are eventually looking for all chemicals to have that NSF 60 rating going forward. But check your individual code for your state, for your county. Depending on how your codes are laid out, that's where you're going to get the best information. And if you're unsure, ask your local health official. They should be up to speed on that. They should know what certifications the chemicals you can use in a public pool should have. ASTM International, that's the American Society for Testing and Materials. That is another testing facility. Again, voluntary You'll hear more about the ASTM standards and products meeting those guidelines when dealing with safety fencing, that removable safety fencing that you sometimes see around residential pools. Also for safety covers, that's those spring-loaded trampoline-looking mamajamas that elephants can walk on that typically you see catching cars on the reg. That's not what they're designed to do, but they do have some incredible strength behind them, so those safety covers... Uh, are well-named. Under the belt of ASTM standards, you'll also see safety vacuum release systems. That's your SVRS for swimming pool and hot tub pumps. And then residential pool alarms are covered by that as well. UL you should be familiar with. That's another testing facility. You see UL on everything and everything the pool side that is not required to have an NSF 50 rating will have a UL underwriters laboratory label on it that the product has been tested for public safety. And those folks have been around forever and a day. You might be surprised that we also have a few things from the National Fire Protection Association. That's the NFPA that we look at. Some of the bigger items, NFPA 400, which is their code for the storage of liquid and solid oxidizers. That applies to what we do. NFPA 704, that prevents a system to simplify the determination of the degree of health, flammability, and instability of hazardous chemicals. The system also provides for the recognition of unusual water reactivity and oxidizers. The NFPA 704 ratings are usually displayed in markings that are commonly referred to as the NFPA hazard diamond. The National Electric Code, that's NFPA 70, that addresses the electrical equipment and safe installation and use by consumers, Article 680, and that deals specifically with swimming pools. The American Red Cross is huge when it comes to water safety. We know that. CPR training, lifeguarding, learn to swim programs, that's their big area. Remember we spoke about that standard of care, which was those five items that the American Red Cross and the YMCA collaborated on to be used to determine whether or not a facility was negligent if a case should go to court. And again, this is the standard of care. This is just the minimum you owe your patrons. And these five items were good disinfectant level in the water, no broken glass on the deck, main drain covers intact and in place, adequate signage, and then finally, operators trained and certified. So that's all I have for this week. I didn't want to go into a whole other section, and but I did enjoy you coming and having a cup of coffee with me this morning. I hope the rest of the day for you kicks ass. 
And tomorrow, catch our episode on the Talking Pools podcast. That one's every Friday. And if you enjoyed CPO Thursdays, come back, check back next week. We're going to go into some calculations a bit, talk about some other stuff. In the meanwhile, if you are looking for a CPO class, you know where to go. Hit my website up at cpoclass.com. Again, that's cpoclass.com. Click the tab that says CPO certification class schedule. There you'll have a listing of all of the in-person and virtual classes that I teach. So I may be in your town. If I'm not in your town, no worries. You can take one of the virtual classes online. And that's me live virtual, not recorded. So we can chat there. If you want a little bit of extra practice, like I told you at the beginning of the program, on that same website, cpoclass.com, I do have a CPO practice test tab. Click on that. That'll take you to my practice page, which has some videos, some exercises, some other training things that you can go through. But I do have some CPO flashcards and a CPO practice test. Check them out. And until next Thursday or tomorrow, if you check back with us for Talking Pools, I will catch you then. Thank you. I appreciate you checking in with me and listening and letting me bend your ear for a few minutes. Be good. Be safe. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People, for the Pool People, by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 